Well, hi, you're listening to the Super Bad Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Hopkins Welton. I'm a former hairdresser, mom, small business owner, and a breast cancer survivor. You know how good it feels hanging out and talking with your hairdresser? Well, I'm continuing these chats with this podcast. There is so much healing and connection that happens with storytelling. And why do I call it the Super Bad Podcast? Because super bad is when you're authentic and have the mindset that you can take on just about anything. It's people like you. Today, I'm talking with Christy Texera. She's this amazing interior designer who built the mastectomy boutique that I've been working with. She's also the author of the book, Pink Elephants, a mother's story of strength, faith, and perseverance. Hi, <laughs> Hannah. Thanks for having me. How did you go about designing the boutique? I got to do this boutique and make it all about breast cancer patients and promote products that were going to make their journey easier. And yeah. I also wanted the boutique to make women feel feminine. Yes. It isn't just about comfort or losing your hair. You are still a female. You are still beautiful. You're still mm -hmm. human. And I really wanted women to feel that and feel comfortable in that space and have mm -hmm. it somewhat private so that if they did have an emotional breakdown, it was okay too. You yeah. weren't on display in another in another shopping experience with somebody who was buying crutches or yes, something like that. Exactly. Yes. That is so thoughtful because sometimes too when you're when you start to buy your products like that, you're surprised mm -hmm. by the emotions. Absolutely. So. I that can, is... I can only imagine, Yeah, you know, I mean, you, there's still a good deal of femininity that you want to remain intact. Yes. And that was what was so important to me. And mm -hmm. I also didn't want it to be about pink breast cancer ribbons I all over that. the place. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I wanted it to be fight hard and be strong, but I also wanted it to be a place that you felt like you could assimilate and still maintain your identity. Yeah, you absolutely. You have breast cancer. You are not <laughs> breast cancer itself. Right. You're you still are not the pink ribbon. <laughs> correct. Correct. Yes, yes. And I thought, make it, make it inviting enough that other women want to come in and expose them to these products that, oh gosh, I might not have breast cancer, but that swimming suit is damn cute. Right. Yes. You know, or yeah. that's a really great bracelet or, mm -hmm. oh, I do know someone with breast cancer and I would love to give her a gift without making it medical or sad. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, too give much them, heaviness is around Yeah. It. Give yeah. them something Yes. funny that's gonna make them laugh and <laughs> perk them up yes. so the whole idea behind somebody is that these are people yes mm -hmm. and I loved it when people didn't treat me like I was a sick person yeah just have a conversation like you would with me any day yes exactly were mm -hmm. you still like I'm the weird friend Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> group. And so what happens when that weird friend gets breast cancer yeah. right mm -hmm. <laughs> you mm -hmm. get them 
like I have on my in my uh, shop a sweary word coloring book. Yeah. And that is better for me than, you know. Exactly. And the boutique has some of that. I mean, they yes. have some very tame gifts, but then they have some more outspoken gifts and they aren't going to be for everybody, right. but everybody gets breast cancer. It exactly. runs the gamut. It isn't all polite. Yeah. There are people who want to drop F-bombs. I mean, <laughs> for those listening, I am one of those people. I won't Me do it today, too. but I am one of those people. So, yes, yes, exactly. you know, I mean, I think there's a little extra emotional punch that comes with a four-letter word. Does there ever. <laughs> so. Totally. Yeah. Well, it came out absolutely beautifully. Thank you. Everybody, Thank you. we're talking about, if you missed it, and in Fort Collins, Colorado, Columbine Health Systems has the mastectomy boutique. And it is absolutely wonderful. I will end up putting the um, the information for that in the show notes. I want to talk to Christy. She wrote a book. I've read it, and it's absolutely amazing. Christy, can you tell us about writing your book? Thanks, Hannah. I wrote Pink Elephants, A Mother's Story of Faith, Strength, and Perseverance. It's a memoir written from my perspective about a time 10 years ago when our oldest daughter was diagnosed with a rare bone marrow failure disease called aplastic anemia. She was five years old at the time and we noticed some bruising, went to her pediatrician yearly checkup and they had said, you know, we'll we'll keep it on our radar, but our blood levels are within the normal range. And then the bruising intensified and one night we woke up and she was having a horrible bloody nose that we couldn't stop. So we continued digging and ended up back at the pediatrician's office with another blood drawn two hours later, a call that said, it's not emergent, but it is urgent Mm -hmm. that you go to children's hospital. So make, you know, make arrangements. You're gonna be there overnight. And that's when everything All the balls got tossed up in the air, and several weeks later, we received the diagnosis of aplastic anemia. Mm -hmm. It's a disease in which a person's bone marrow essentially quits producing blood cells because their immune system is attacking them before they can mature and come to fruition. Mm -hmm. So our five-year-old was living off of transfusions every week that started out with just platelets. Mm and quickly went to platelets and red blood cells. She had a very weak immune system, but you can't transplant white blood cells. Yeah. So she went through a course of treatment and it failed. And it had very good success rate, like 80, 85% success rate in her case. It just, it, wasn't it didn't work. Right. Yeah. And Fortunately, we were told very early on that if we needed a bone marrow transplant, our younger daughter, who was two at the time, was a match. And there's a 25 or 30% chance of that. And at the time, it was just, we were wrapping our head around so much already that we couldn't we couldn't even fathom what a transplant was, right? Yeah. Much less what our second child had to do with it. So it was yeah. something that just literally got shelved. Mm-hmm. We we weren't gonna go there. So 
When the first course of treatment failed, we were then faced with a decision. Do we repeat that treatment or do we go for a transplant? Mm -hmm. And we were familiar enough by then and had accumulated enough knowledge that we decided to go with the transplant. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of preparatory appointments that had to take place. Every system had to be checked out and... um, it's scary she, to have both of your daughters involved and that in was this. there was a brief moment of contemplation of are we okay with this and the answer was we are okay we're not comfortable but we we are okay yeah, yeah. and this was the right thing to do mm-hmm. for for us um i think that's kind of a state of being when you're dealing with major illnesses, whether it's cancer or the aplastic anemia, it's uh, sometimes the treatments are awful. (laughs) Yeah, and we knew that it was going to be. Mm -hmm. And we had heard, oh, you know, you're going for ATG, which was the first treatment. Oh, that's, yeah, I don't blame you. Bone marrow transplants are really intense and kids stay in the hospital for at least a month and are on restricted diets. And and this was by a nurse who didn't know our full story and she, she was being kind. She wasn't being thoughtless, but it really solidified our first decision to go with ATG. Mm-hmm. But it also gave us information that we needed to contemplate going through transplant. Yes. And, um, how interesting at that time, she had no idea the information she was giving. No, no, she really, really didn't. And, um, we took each step as it came to us. And Mm -hmm. in hindsight, I wouldn't have changed anything. I wouldn't have gone back Mm -hmm. and done transplant first because we just weren't prepared for that. Right? One step at a time. Mm -hmm. I think that's something, even within breast cancer, sometimes you'll wonder, well, what if I did chemo before mastectomy Mm -hmm. or mastectomy before chemo? And it's so easy to play that what if. It's very easy to do that. And I think in any sort of illness, there is a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And we, even though it wasn't happening to my husband and I, we were the advocates and... I don't want to say that we were the patients at all because our daughter was the patient, but we had to make those choices on her behalf right? because she didn't understand what she was up against. So our job was to come to terms with what we could Mm -hmm. and then explain to our five-year-old in terms that she could understand without scaring her yeah we needed her to have a buy-in to cooperate mm-hmm. and she's a very strong headstrong kid very very <laughs> the continues best to be ones are. yeah exactly <laughs> the debate club is really glad they have her she's had years of practice um but she was so headstrong when she was asked at one of the first appointments to pee in a cup she said i'm not peeing in that cup and looked at everybody in the room like why in the world would anybody ask me to do something so silly that's gross (laughs) um so we really needed her to understand what was being asked of her and why it was being asked of her 
so that she would cooperate so we could achieve the treatment mm-hmm. really to save her life. And I think in any sort of illness, there is that kind of parallel experience. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you don't, you're learning so much at mm-hmm. such a fast rate and making these huge decisions that you never imagined because why would anyone imagine they would have to make these decisions? Yes. And you're trying to put one foot in front of the other and you're trying to maintain normalcy for the rest of the household what's going and, on yeah. in your life because that part doesn't go away just because you <laughs> now have a diagnosis. Yes. And you do the best you can with the information you're given. Mm-hmm. And there is, I don't think there's a right or a wrong way. It's what's right or wrong for you in that experience. Mm-hmm. It's hard to make those choices too when the outcome isn't 100%. No, you know, but any choice doing... in life doesn't <laughs> right? have a 1% Good point. or a 100% yes. outcome. I mean, you exactly. can go to the grocery store and inevitably they don't have the kind of milk right. you set out for. Yes. But you roll with it, you know, and you, yeah. you know, one treatment didn't work. So we're going to hope another treatment mm-hmm. does. Yeah. And that's, that's all I think you can do is, is have trust. I think you're absolutely right to put that faith and that trust out there because, um, you can what if yourself yeah. forever. Mm-hmm. And so I think that part of having less anxiety less stress during the whole thing is to make your choice mm-hmm. and say, well, that's Commit the best I could. Yeah, exactly. Time. Exactly. So. Because the what ifs you will never have an answer to. You only have the mm-hmm. answer to what you did, not what you could have done. That mm-hmm. is such a good point. <laughs> and there, yeah. there's only so much brain space anybody has in any given day, and you can't give it all to one aspect of your life. I still had a three-year-old, two-year-old to yes, take care of. gosh, yeah. You know, I still had a business to run. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, shelved the design work, but there was still projects I had to, you know, wrap up. Mm-hmm. We had to learn a whole new way of being. Everything <laughs> was potentially harmful. That's it wasn't right. just Haley's immune system that was down, essentially. It was everybody's. If one of us caught a cold, she was going to catch it worse. Yeah. If any of us brought germs in the house, she was going to be affected by them. That is such a, a scary thought. It is. Especially Everything having a was toddler. Toxic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. preschool got stopped. Haley mm-hmm. was in kindergarten. That stopped. I quit working. My husband... He worked, but he would strip down in the garage because construction dust was deemed harmful for wow. her. Any any mold or spores that could be in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to have our house, lots of things redone in our house to make it safe for Haley to come home after her transplant. And wow. that was after two months of living out of our house. That was a month in the hospital. Mm-hmm. That was a month in a safe house before we could even consider coming home because her immune system was so destroyed. Mm -hmm. She had no immunizations. Chemo, as anybody who's been through it, wipes out everything. It's completely indiscriminate. Yeah, yeah. So we were 
living in a bubble, <laughs> much like we all were during COVID. Right? Yes. It's, it's mm-hmm. so funny because that's where my brain went because I yeah. think now that COVID has happened more than ever, people can kind of understand and have a little bit more insight into what a major diagnosis is because you are immediately, like for me, stripped of your job Mm -hmm. because like I, once I had, was diagnosed, I boom, had to quit, had to say goodbye. Wasn't safe. Yes. And And your time commitment was such... Exactly. You you couldn't do both things. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And then you're just at home. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And then the what ifs take place because yeah, your exactly. imagination starts yes, running. Yes. What is outside that door that could make me sick? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. How do you entertain a five year old and a three year old indoors? Yeah. Gosh. Mm-hmm. And luckily Constantly. for us, it was a lot of it was, you know, during the winter. Um, mm-hmm. But it, Obviously, it was hard. It was really hard on the girls. They were always very close. Mm-hmm. They That closeness intensified because they weren't allowed to play with anyone else. When there were times when Haley was in the hospital and she wasn't able to have any visitors, and that was really bone-crushing oh, for okay. both of them. One's crying in the lobby for her sister. One's crying in the room for her sister. Um, but when they were together, it didn't matter where they were. Mm-hmm. They built forts in the hospital room and they shared Shirley temples and they just, they loved being there and being together. And they, it was such an example of being grateful for the simple pleasures I bet. in life. And every day there were reminders of what we were grateful for. Yes. And they became, the focus of those blessings was so much clearer than it was before this life-altering event <laughs> yeah. for yeah. us. And Isn't that, that a beautiful thing? It is. Yeah. And I wish, I don't wish anyone the diagnosis or any diagnosis that we received, but I do wish people could sharpen their focus on the blessings. Yes, yes. and <laughs> You know, and when, when you're yeah. stripped of going outside, you now all of a sudden take for granted or realize you've taken for granted how a flower smells yes or how leaves the sound crunch crunching yes, yes. Exactly. or the feel yeah. of a snowflake on your cheek there are just little mm-hmm. things that really make a big difference mm-hmm. there were I think one of the most beautiful blessings was that watching the kids at children's play with one another they weren't sick. They were just kids. Exactly. They could exist in in who they were mm-hmm. versus being a child with a bone marrow failure disease, being a child with mm-hmm. leukemia, being a child with a bone marrow tumor because the bone marrow and cancer patients were all treated together on the same floor. So mm-hmm. even though they're different diagnoses, they're very similar yeah in how they get treated and they were just kids that's so lovely (laughs) and and I think that's speaking to what you were saying before is it's nice to talk to somebody who knows and remembers you are just a person still you are a person with a diagnosis you were Hannah the hairstylist now you are Hannah the hairstylist with breast cancer but you are still Hannah the hairstylist you're still the mother you're still the wife and so to see my kids just be kids playing was 
it was really comforting, you I know, when, when somebody, normal. yes, <laughs> when somebody would yeah. have a conversation with me, not just about how's Haley doing, how are right. you doing and be able to get into that nitty gritty, I'm doing shitty. How are you doing though? Because that's <laughs> actually what I would like to talk about. That's great that your kid is in swimming lessons and I'm glad your kid is enjoying school because not everybody else's life shut down. Right. Yes. And it's nice to hear normal. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. I completely agree. Yeah. When yeah. you get stripped of it, that's all you crave is it, normal. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I think that's why I started these conversations because a lot of times people just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so they don't say anything mm-hmm. and then they feel shame because they didn't say anything. But I think that just the more authentic we can be and the more talking about it. And, and you're like, yeah, that's a shitty situation. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really sorry. And I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and then let's talk about yeah something else. And that's, that was <laughs> a lot of the reason I wrote Pink Elephants is to let people know, look, you're everybody is going to go through a shitty patch in life. It could be an illness, it could be a death, it could be a job loss. Everybody gets dealt shitty. Yes. And more than once. Yeah. But you have a choice of how you deal with that. Mm -hmm. You can sit down and let the waves take you over and drown in it, or you can get up and you can just be glad you're on the beach. (laughs) Honestly, you know, I mean, there is going to be beauty and blessings and all of it. They just, the wrapping isn't always how you want it to be. Yes. And that was the point of writing Pink Elephants is to let people know life is going to be difficult, but there are blessings and there are a ton of people who want to help you. They don't know how and you don't know how to delegate it often because you don't know what you need. This is new. Well, and there's some forgiveness that needs to go all around. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness for you for not knowing how to delegate. Forgiveness for them for maybe saying the wrong thing or maybe not knowing what to say you know people are human yeah and so allowing that humanness is huge i think it's important to allow yourself to be human and accept those gifts Mm -hmm. accept that you are in a time of need Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah i think so many of us think of expressing our needs or our wants or saying i have to get help Mm-hmm. as negatives as weakness and right. and it's not it takes bravery to ask for what you need mm-hmm. or accept what you need yes I also think it can be a gift for the people who love you absolutely because they want to help mm-hmm. and so by asking for something you're allowing a deeper connection yes Or even accepting the gift that you didn't know you were going to need. (laughs) I mean, we got gift cards for gas stations. And we never would have thought of that. And yet somebody had the forethought to say, they're driving to and from Denver all the time. This is going to be my contribution. That's and so lovely. All yes. my treatments were in Denver too. Yes. So I understand exactly. that. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, everybody wants to make meals or do restaurants and that's lovely, but there's a fear factor in that because, because of the potential germs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, everybody wanted to help take care of Emily for us, but there was a fear factor because mm-hmm. of potential germs. 
And I think the people who want to help, it's important to know that just a card or a phone call saying, thinking of you, Mm -hmm. it helps. I mean, it It it, does. I still have all my cards. Oh, we have a (laughs) whole bin of things that we received from Haley. And and even kids at her class, we pulled her out of kindergarten and they, oh my gosh, they were amazing. Yes. And to this day, that class of kids who is now in high school, they're pretty close knit. And every teacher that's ever had those kids has commented on what a compassionate group they are. And I I can't help but believe (laughs) it was partially because of the opportunity they were given. Mm -hmm. You know, it really, it taught them really deep lessons of life that they didn't even know they were learning. Isn't that cool? My friend is sick and I want to know how she is. Yeah, yeah. I want to do something for her because it makes me feel good. When I had cancer, my son was in uh, third grade Mm -hmm. and it was so cool because he really wanted to tell the class, but he Mm -hmm. didn't know how to. Okay. And his teacher helped him put together a power presentation. You know, my mom is sick. She has cancer. Mm -hmm. This is kind of what cancer is. She's having surgery and all this. And the teacher thought, oh, it'll be a little 20-minute thing. And I give that teacher so many kudos. It ended up being an hour and a half long discussion. And she was open to that. And it was so cool because they found out that two other kids in the class, they had mothers who had had breast cancer specifically. And it just became this lovely conversation, mm-hmm. you know, with kids. Yes. Sharing and finding compassion and being brave to tell their story. Yes. And yeah, it is. And feeling comfortable to ask questions yes. about the unknown. Yes, um, exactly. It gave the other kids opportunity to form a camaraderie mm-hmm. and a community around one another. They were no longer just classmates yeah they were friends they were friends who could relate to each other in ways that they wouldn't have been aware of before and so I think being honest Mm -hmm. about what's going on in your life is really really important because people really do want to help and support yeah absolutely it's a gift to them to be able to and to have it accepted you know, so even if you are giving gift cards or meals, they might not get used right away. They will get used and they will be yeah, very grateful for them. I swear they get used at the right time. Yes. Also. <laughs> Everything happens yes. at just the right time. I had time. some gift cards that I had put in my wallet. And yeah, it was great because I ended up, I wasn't able to work for a little bit from, I, I had four surgeries total. And yeah, I pulled it out and went, oh, Who wants Red Robin tonight? Yes. (laughs) And it was just so perfect. And you got to enjoy it too. Whereas before you might not have got to enjoy it. You might not have felt like eating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, people help in very creative ways and very much needed ways. We just don't always know when they're needed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how are the girls now? They're awesome. Haley is a junior in high school. It's amazing. Emily is in eighth grade. Um, They both, they both do Mm 4-H. They, Emily rock climbs, Haley swims. um, Still close? Very. 
Yeah. Very, very close. <laughs> I can imagine. Yes, yes, yeah. very, very close. Um, yeah, they're great, and it's really cool to know now that Emily would have made the choice to donate her bone marrow if she were old enough at the time to make the decision. Really? There wouldn't have been any qualms Not about one it. hesitation. Not huh? at all. Yeah. Not at all. And so it's just, it's neat to see their personalities develop now and they don't remember what they've been through so it's still they've heard stories Mm -hmm. but um the biggest argument they've ever had was this spring when my author copy of the book showed up and they both grabbed it and had a three-day blowout of yelling of who got to read it first because Haley felt like it was her right to read it first because she was the main character right and Emily felt it was her right to read it first because she saved her life so there was a lot of yes stealing and hiding the book back and forth that went on for a few days until it was done and yes yeah so yeah and what were what did they say about the book after they read it to see their own story. They they were actually far more quiet about it than I thought. I think it was a little I more wondered. involved and a little deeper mm-hmm. than they realized. Haley had questions about why I hadn't included certain stories and I had to explain it was because I wasn't there for that. That was oh. when your dad was in the hospital. He was on duty mm-hmm. that night. So I I can't put words into daddy's mouth about what happened then. Um, There are things in the book that I really thought Haley would have remembered. And I think that defense mechanism comes into play Mm -hmm. and you block out certain certain memories, certain events, because it's just, they are too painful. And I think there was a little bit of that that went on. I think they both enjoyed hearing about themselves in uh, that yes, book. Huh? Kind of from they get an to outsider. Be the hero. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I Well they are the heroes. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. they they both I think um had a unique reaction to it because it was about them. Yeah. What a special so thing. It was it was neat. Yes. Well and you were telling me earlier because we were talking about how the kids um they don't remember sometimes. And you were telling me at the dinner table Oh, you at the dinner table. Sure. <laughs> um, Haley, like I said, she was five when this all happened, and we were in a bubble for at least two years. And it wasn't until she was 12 that something came up about her illness at the dinner table. And she stopped eating and said, wait a minute. You mean I could have died? And my husband and I looked at each other and said, Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that and it was it was kind of a conflicting moment for us because we were patting ourselves on the back like yay mission accomplished right we didn't let that cat out of the bag <laughs> but on the other hand it was kind of comical yes you know that to face such yeah, a huge and, thing and simultaneously scary again yeah you know, it wasn't a place that Tyler or I really let ourselves go. I, for one, never, 
I just couldn't go there. I mm-hmm. couldn't fathom that that was a possibility in my mind. It just wasn't. We were going to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and children don't really have a concept of death. No. When they're young. No. And, and so that was, 12 can be a very, that's about when it starts. They can conceptualize mm-hmm. that. So. And that was always a mission of ours is to not scare her. Yes. We yeah. needed her to know how serious things were, but we never wanted her to have a fear and that's probably what helped her get through. I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think as adults, we can conjure up the what ifs mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Not just the what ifs from the past, but the what ifs in the future. And yeah. we tried to really manage our message to her that this is your body mm-hmm. and you need to be okay with what's happening. But we're going to explain to you why certain things need to happen because it's uncomfortable and can be painful and, and things it's like weird. That. Yes. Nobody else has to do this who's five years old. Right. You know, Gosh. just like when you got your treatment, yes, there were other people in the world having to do it, but not in your immediate circle. No one else that you could immediately reach out to and say, hey, yeah, you have to do this too? <laughs> no. You know, her friends were in kindergarten. They were going to recess. Yeah. When she was able to be home, she was watching them out the window, walk to school Mm -hmm. and saying, this isn't fair. No, you're right. It's not fair. Right. And I think even as grownups, we go through that a little bit. I remember thinking, this is not fair. I'm young. Yeah. I was 42. I was like, I shouldn't be having to do this and Mm -hmm. worrying about if my kids are going to have a mother or not. Yeah. And talking five-year life expectancies and... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and there is some unfairness to it. But I also think what kept me grounded was going back to the blessings in it. Yes. That I wouldn't yeah. have had we not gone through it. Yeah. It, well, the shared experience brings the family closer together. Absolutely. can. It can do it, that. I know for us, my kids, the thing that they asked, even though they were so young, was that we were transparent. Mm-hmm. with what was going on. Mm-hmm. So I, I know a lot of times parents have a hard time choosing what they share with their children. And for us, my son just wanted to know that we wouldn't be whispering that I would be dying mm-hmm. and he not know. Mm-hmm. So I promised him that if the my diagnosis changed mm-hmm. and we were looking at a terminal mm-hmm. diagnosis, that everybody would know. Yep. And so he sat in comfort knowing it's uncomfortable. And that's kind of what I explained to him. It's going to be painful. Mm-hmm. It's going to be uncomfortable, unpleasant, and we're going to get through it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that was important for us. And I said, it gives you guys the opportunities to wait on me. Like my kids learned how to tuck me into bed. <laughs> but it gives so, them the gift of feeling needed. Yes. Just yes. like the people who want to help, all of our supporters and cheerleaders. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, <laughs> it's something we need, but it's something they need also. Everybody needs to have their bucket filled. We yeah. want to help each other. We want yeah. to know that we're useful mm-hmm. or that when we need help, that it's there. Yeah, that you matter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes. Exactly. So it's... Really great things can come out of what is seemingly the worst case scenario yeah. in life. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Again, not a road <laughs> I recommend, but a road that I will say you will be stronger. You will be changed for the better mm-hmm. when you get on the other side of it. And there will be another side of it. And sometimes we don't know what that looks like. No. And it's uncomfortable going into the unknown. But I think that's something, too, is just to have faith that on the other side... <laughs> well, and the other side isn't down. always... For you and I, there there was a great happy ending. Right. And exactly. Yeah. I, I fully am aware that that doesn't happen for everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody's other side looks different. Yes. And some other sides are definitely more painful. I can't speak to that kind of loss. Mm-hmm. I have been touched by that kind of loss mm-hmm. through parents who have lost their children. And it is real. Yeah. And it does happen. And I don't know what their other side looks like. But I know I've been touched by their children. Again, yeah, it's the people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I almost didn't start my business because cancer seemed like too big of an insurmountable idea mm-hmm. and I and and it doesn't always go well and so I almost didn't even start it but then I went back to if I can help one person it's worth mission it. accomplished <laughs> right yes yeah yes and yeah. there are so many people whose lives are touched by cancer mm-hmm. that the potential to help people is so great and so yeah. worth putting yourself out there. You don't mm-hmm. know what the outcome is, but if you can help anybody on the journey, that's what it's about. Yes. That's what somebody awesome aims <laughs> to do. That's why I wrote Pink Elephants. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> you're not, you're not going to need all of it or want all of it, but take what you do need or what you do want. Yeah, that is a great way to put it. Exactly. Yes. I mean, everybody's journey is, is going to be a little bit different, but there's a camaraderie in knowing other people have gone through something similar. Yes. You're not alone, and that feeling is really, really important to keeping people anchored. Yes, because that's, that's a big part of one of the things that I talk about is um, everybody's journey looks so different, mm-hmm. and I think it's easy to become isolated by just thinking, oh, well, they have it worse, or you know, uh, putting va- value to who has it better or worse. And and that is just, it, it, the awful situation is the awful situation. Exactly. And you have a right to an opinion. You have a right to, to be very present with it. Mm-hmm. And there's the good and there's the u- ugly and there's the awful. But that I don't want anybody to be isolated. Right. By you... being afraid to talk about it. Yeah. Nobody wishes for these circumstances or journeys, you know, but, and there's all, they're all bad. Yes. You know, and what, what I think of as worse might not be to someone else. Right. You know, I mean, there's the, your journey was horrific and it was your journey. Mm -hmm. My journey was horrific because it was influenced by my daughter's journey. Mm-hmm. We're all on parallel journeys. It yeah. doesn't 
you know? I mean, you can be on an airplane with 300 other people and you all have a different experience yes. on that airplane. And I love the saying, you don't know what anybody else is going through. No. And I think especially during these times, it's so lovely to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. That thoughtfulness for somebody else, because we don't know what their journey is. <laughs> no. And you don't so. need to know. You just need to be the best kindest most compassionate person exactly yeah yeah totally Mm -hmm. yeah there's a bit in the book about standing in line for prescription for my daughter and these women were in line behind me complaining about how long the line was and it just made my skin crawl and I got to the counter and slipped a note to the pharmacist saying, kill the next two people with kindness. Because I was just so angry. I wanted to lash out and I knew it wasn't going to do any good. I'm getting medicine, life-saving medicine for my five-year-old. And you're bitching about the length of the line? And the pharmacist looked at me and she said, well, that's what I always try to do. (laughs) And I said, well, you're going to be challenged too this time, but (laughs) do it anyway. You know, you just... And some days you don't, you can't take the high road. Right, but right. Yeah. More often you can be kind. You don't have to know what's going on in somebody else's world. Just be kind about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't want to know what's going on in everybody else's world. Oh my world. gosh, right? <laughs> yes. Well, awesome. Um, can you tell me where's the best place to get your book? Right now in Fort Collins, you can get it at the Cancer Boutique. Yay! And you can also get it at Old Firehouse Books in Old Town or on Amazon. Great. That's where I got my copy was Amazon. All right. (laughs) And there is one other option called bookshop.org. And if you get on, you can type in your zip code and it will tell you what local independent bookstores are near you. And they can order it. It doesn't... It's not in a lot of bookstores yet, mm-hmm. but it is available at all bookstores. So awesome. you could order it from Barnes & Noble if you wanted to. But it's Pink Elephants, A Mother's Story of Faith, Strength, and Perseverance. Awesome. Well, I'm so thankful for you for talking to me. I am it's been thankful great. <laughs> to have the experience and to have gotten to know you. Yay. Thank you so much for hanging out with Christy and I today. I just love her openness and authenticity so much. It's amazing how major illnesses are the same and we can relate to each other, especially as moms. I hope that you check out her book, Pink Elephants, at your local bookstore or on Amazon. You're going to love it. And I'm so super excited to build the Superbad community and get women connected. If you know someone who could relate to this podcast, please share it with them. And also, please rate and review the podcast. It really, really does help me get the stories out there. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate the love and the connections this podcast is making. If I can help one woman feel better and more connected, well, then my mission is accomplished. See you guys later. Bye.